0: Oh, I'm turned on, okay. Behave myself now. Right, whilst I get set up, do you wanna just turn to someone next to you and share a food which you just think is wrong? Like, it shouldn't be out there. Um, Just go for it. A food you think is absolutely disgusting. All right, that'll do. Thank you. We don't want to cause too many arguments. All right. Um, Yeah, morning all. Um, My name's Seb, and yeah, it's my privilege um, to be the youth pastor here. Privilege, responsibility, joy. Um, Cool. We're just going to get cracking. So this is part two of a three-part series um, looking at who is God to me. And the title I've gone for today um, is, God is the one who helps me find my voice. And I was thinking about this, and I love a good old debate, I love theology, I've I've studied it, and I could have come here and tried to do all sorts of theological acrobatics, but what is God actually saying to us? That's what I'm interested in today. So that's where it's coming from. Um, So how did this kind of get onto my heart? Um, First and foremost... I really believe it's a word that God's given me for the youth group, um, and they know it. I've said it quite a few times. Uh, they're probably getting bored of it, and I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, that I think God is really passionate for our youth group to find their voice. And as to what that looks like, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and there's already so much going on in their lives, which is awesome, so much going on in your lives. That's great. Uh, but I think there's more to come. And that's something I'm I'm really, really passionate about. Um, I've heard that the youth group is quiet, and at times you guys are, but that is not your definition. You shouldn't be fitting into that little box. Um, Please smash through that one in your own timing, in your own way. Uh, Secondly, why else is this on my heart? Uh, It's so relevant for me. It's so relevant for the young people. It's so relevant for all of us. I think God's heart is for everyone to find their voice more and more and more. So that's another thing. Um, and then thirdly, uh, I've heard quite a lot of prophetic words in my, my short seven years as a Christian um, given. And some are just, man, are they on the money. And some I'm just a bit like, hmm, not sure. But one of the ones which I'm absolutely convinced by since I've arrived here is that God's heart for this nation is that this nation finds their voice. And that doesn't mean that you're voiceless currently doesn't mean that there hasn't been amazing stuff going on. I love this country, I love what's already been going on. But I think there's this call to find your voice to a greater extent, New Zealand, Aotearoa. As to what that looks like, um, one example, I I love a lot of what Hillsong have done, and and getting in the British and American people to speak sometimes, That's, that's all cool, there's a time and place for that, but I would love to see more and more New Zealand people speaking at the conferences, and for there not necessarily to be, at times, an inbuilt need to get someone from Aussie or, or the US or the UK. Um, I would love to see people finding their voices more in that sense. I would love to see songs rising up from New Zealand, from this church, worship songs, all sorts of songs. Um, that's just an example. That third one's quite a, a deep one, um, and I'm more than happy to chat further about that, but I'm not going to look into it more today, but I thought I'd just chuck that out there. So, what does it mean to find your voice? What's been going on in your head since I just chucked that out there about three minutes ago? I wonder if we initially think that finding your voice means speaking more. Maybe this is what it means to you. Learning how to share your faith. Speaking in group settings more. Maybe doing more public speaking. Having conversations without it being boring small talk. Speaking out against injustice. Breaking off restrictions that fear and anxiety put in place in terms of speaking. Being able to put words to feelings that you have. Talking more intimately with God when just with Him. What about sharing a prophetic word? Prophetic word being something you hear from God um, that is strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, and then you share it. Breaking through false humility and tall poppy syndrome. But what about speaking less, or adjusting how you speak? So listening to others more, knowing how to challenge and critique whilst honouring, not having to fill silences because they always feel awkward. When you come to pray, being yourself with God, letting God speak first, asking God for humility, not dominating conversation, and what about finding your voice metaphorically as well? What about singing, dancing, art? No, I'm not going to do an interpretive dance <laughs> before someone heckles me. Um, writing psalms, poems, spoken word—you name it. There's probably, well, there's definitely loads more. Um, pioneering ideas. There's so many ways we can find our voice. And I'm going to emphasise a few later, but just want to chuck those out there for the time being. And before I go any further, like this whole topic of finding it sort of a well, it's not a flash title, it's quite a long title of God is the one who wants to help you find your voice. This isn't some self help talk. I'm absolutely convinced that this is at the heart of the gospel message, that we're called to increasingly find our voice. I'm going to unpack that a bit more, so don't worry if you're still struggling to get your heads around that concept. And I want us to just look at um, an example of this in John chapter 21, 15 to 19. So, if we could get that on the screens, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Cool. Oh, I'll read it from there. Uh, so, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I tend my sheep. Well, he said to him, "Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself. In my translation, it's dressed yourself, uh, for anyone struggling with that word. And walked where you wished. But when you were old you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. I just want to draw out three quickfire points on this one. Um, This isn't going to be the world's longest talk. We see that God's heart for those in this passage who follow him is to find their voices as sons and daughters of God. So verse 15, feed my lambs. Verse 16, tend my sheep. Verse 17, feed my sheep. Peter is entrusted and empowered in pastorally looking after the early church, in pioneering amongst the early church. It's a massive responsibility that God's given him. Jesus is the shepherd and we as his church are his flock. It's a common picture used in the Bible. I was thinking actually, this is a really relevant picture to Jewish society. How do I come up with a relevant example today? And then I realize I'm in New Zealand where there's more sheep than people, so you're probably quite comfortable with that picture. Um, and it's as simple as that. I don't really want to expand on this. God's heart is for his sons and daughters to find their voice with eternal consequences for them and others. It's not rocket science. It's not some complicated theological theory in, in many ways. It's just as simple as that. Point two. I told you it's going to be quick. Finding your voice can involve redemption or a total 180 turn on your past actions or attitudes that you may have had. Verse 17, Peter was grieved. Jesus was asking some deep questions repetitively and and it's quite easy, I find, when you come to this passage to be like, ah, Jesus is giving the man a hard time. You know, you're talking up at the front about compassionate, sensitive, gentle Jesus, but here he is, He's, he's properly going for it with Peter. And healing at times is not comfortable. Healing at times can be comfortable. We have these moments with God where, wow, like you just you find yourself just wrapped up in his arms. And I'm not saying his love changes for you at any point, but sometimes healing can be uncomfortable in order so that we get healed. How many times did Peter deny that he knew Jesus before Jesus died? Three. How many times does Jesus ask in the passage, Do you love me? Three. He is tending to Peter's wound. And in the process, he is affirming him and empowering him as a son of God to go feed my church, look after my church. You know, when I broke this finger, you might see it's still a bit broken. Um, I took great delight in showing this particular finger to my uh, deputy head of school when I broke it on the rugby pitch. Um, It's the middle one. Uh, I wasn't a Christian. Um, And uh, when I broke it, I got taken to hospital. And initially, the, the nurse or doctor tried to yank it back in. I broke it in two places, severed the tendon, nearly. And I could have smacked him into the next room when he started yanking on my finger. And then later they put a pin in to readjust it and everything, and then they had to take the pin out eventually. And it came when they took that out. Initially, there was a nurse. I'm not going to go into too much detail, actually. Some of you will be quite squeamish, as tempting as it is. But it was uncomfortable. But I needed it. I didn't want this pin in my finger for the rest of my life. And it worked. I got healed. And that's sort of a... it's maybe not the perfect picture but it it makes the point or emphasizes the point that healing is not always comfortable a lot of the time it is and just picture the the moment don't just read these words but picture the moment with Peter and Jesus where Peter has denied Jesus three times and we know from the gospel accounts that Peter caught Jesus' eye the moment he denied him the third time if you're wondering how can we trust the gospel accounts, that's another detail for another day. More than happy to have a chinwag about that. Um, but that moment as they caught eyes, and Peter knew that he had denied the person who he had followed for three years, the person who was willing to lay his life down for him and die for him, to take on all his sin and offer him freedom. And then we have this moment where Peter and Jesus are sat together, and Jesus says, Do you love me? Did he look Jesus in the eye initially? Did he look him in the eye the third time finally? It was electric. It was such an intense moment of forgiveness and redemption and empowerment and sonship. Peter found his voice through the redemption of the moment when he lost it in denying Jesus. 180. And I think one of the ways this is going to be relevant for us um, in terms of finding our voice in areas of past heart or past ways um, and actions which we, we didn't feel like, that's who I am born to be. I think um, one of the ways we're gonna find this is just in the amount of tiredness that people have faced from the earthquakes and the burnout um, and the trauma. And I really believe what God has been and will be bringing redemption in that area. Point three. Finding your voice often involves stepping out in faith. How are we doing on time as well? Verse 19, Jesus says, follow me. And immediately, well, immediately after being told Peter will die or how Peter will die, Jesus says, follow me. Pick it up, it's God speaking. Uh, Peter lived with this prophetic statement over his life for 30 years. He knew that if he followed Jesus, he would die on the cross for Jesus. And the question begs to be asked, why? Why would you lay your life down for someone? When I was 18, um, I left school, and um, I was totally dissatisfied with life. Um, Power, wealth, prospects, university, chasing girls, sport... uh, All of that ultimately did not truly satisfy my life. Um, I was very fortunate to grow up with an amazing family, apart from my brother. No, my brother's great. Um, (laughs) And I was so fortunate, but it just doesn't truly satisfy. And so I came to my bedroom and I just said, now's your chance, uh, God, open my Bible that got given to me when I was like nine, New Testament and Psalms, Gideon's Bible. And I just went... And the first words that I read were the words, literally, that I texted my mate earlier that day. I said, I'm just in a wilderness. There's nothing here for me. And God just got me in about half an hour. I just turned the pages, and he said everything that he, he had spoke to me through his word about everything that had been going on in my life, everything he was doing in that moment, and everything he saw for me in the future as I followed him. And it was a complete U-turn. When I texted one of my mates, no one saw it coming. I, was, I hated God, hated Christians. I uh, was at the equivalent of Middleton. Uh, I texted my mate, who was head of the Christian Union, He was just off on holiday, thought I was drunk, thought nothing off it, and enjoyed his holiday for two weeks. Um, But when I gave my life to Jesus, and I say I gave my life, I didn't just become a Christian, I, I gave my life. Here's the key to my life. It's yours, Jesus. That's a massive statement. Why did I do that? Because he is my brother, he is my king, he is my God, he is my savior. He knows me inside out, he loves me, he knows what's best for me, he calls me to... Lands across the other side of the world because he knows that's where I'm meant to fit in, in this world. He saved me from the path of destruction that I was on, which was a one-way ticket to hell. He took God's wrath for the, the sin in this world on him. Jesus took that on him. He took my place. And then he offers out his hand and says, come follow me on this wild adventure. That's why I lay my down, my, laid my life down for God. Easy for me to say it in a soft Western world, but that's the commitment I've made. Well, it's not all soft in Western world, it's a lot of tough things too. But no one's trying to kill me for my faith at the moment. And it's, it's not always easy. Um, just in my own journey, like my grandma's got chemo at the moment, and I'm properly tight with my grandma, and I'm not there. I'm missing funerals, weddings, births, time with friends and family, which is so precious probably one of the most precious commodities we have in this world. I'm not saying it's easy, but Peter counted up the cost and he knew that this is someone I will follow. This is my God. And that's, that's where I'm at with it as well. So this passage is a classic example of showing the variation in outlook in finding your voice. It's not one-dimensional as we saw earlier. There's so many ways you can find your voice. It's a holistic process God loves us to be on. It's messy, it's clean, it's long, it's short, it's literal, it's metaphorical. And so, how are we doing on time? I don't like waffling on. Ah, oh, we're all going. Yeah, we're going good. It's all good. Um, cool. So, my question now is so what? Particularly if you've grown up in church or you've been in church a while or you've heard talks, whatever, wherever you're at. Even if you come in for the first time, so what? You know, this, this young pup on stage is talking at me and sharing stuff. And I hope you've already been impacted, hopefully, by what I've shared. But so what? How is this relevant to you? When I was in New Jersey in 2015, I was in a church and... Um, I was not having a holy moment. I was critiquing it in my head, left, right, and center. I was just being like, well, that's rubbish. And do they even know they're doing that? And, oh, man, like this and that. And I was just going off on one in my head. And then God suddenly just spoke to me and said, yes, but Seb, they're here to meet with me. Are you? And I was like, oh, hmm. (laughs) I told you he knows me best. And so I just said, sorry, God, I'm sorry for judging these people. I'm sorry for just viewing things as sort of a Pharisee, as someone who just judges on the outside. And as soon as I said sorry, God just went, bam. And the passage that the pastor had been preaching on, which I thought was utterly boring until that point, not the passage, what he was saying, uh, suddenly God just went and spoke to me about it. And that was like the key passage for me for the next six months. And also when I came here for two weeks in 2016 to do a recce of Christchurch. So what's God saying to you? Don't just rely on me. Well, I'm sure that's pretty obvious to a lot of you. Um, But how is this relevant to you? Do you know that this is God's heart for you? To find your voice? Who is there in your life who truly sees you and can encourage you with this? Ask God for these people if you don't already have them, or if you don't have enough What are the specific areas or ways He's put in your heart for finding your voice? What does the expression of your heart look like in these areas? Have you asked God what this means or looks like? Are you fed up with the exhausting process of comparing yourself to others when it comes to this sort of stuff? To make matters more important, we don't need to just find our voice for ourselves. It's not like, right? Finding my voice, yep, going good, great. There's so much more to it than that. There's the people around us and the world at stake. We believe we carry a message as Christians that is good news. How can you, with integrity, not share good news? Something I've asked myself, how can I love my family, my friends, all of whom don't believe, apart from my brother who believes, how can I, with respect and then love and in timing, not share my faith? or at least be accessible as well, to talk about it as well. Some ways of finding your voice, I just wanna really emphasize quickly, and I'm not gonna go off on one about them, I'm just gonna chuck them out there, they're not rocket science. Um, not joining in with crew chat. Read anywhere in the Bible, it's pretty, pretty clear. And it's not a don't do this, don't do that, don't get involved in crew chat, just think about it. It's, it's not coming into alignment with God's best for people, including when you're doing put-downs and, and all sorts of stuff. It's Go read the passages. I, I recommend James or 1 Peter and meditate on them and, meditate on them and really reflect on them. Um, but that's so crucial in finding our voice. Put-downs and, and instead sharing specific encouragements. Um, again, like when I wasn't a Christian, um, I had a fantastic ability to manipulate, lie, and put-down. Um, it's not something I'm proud of, it's just the way it was. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Uh, I had to clean up a lot of mess when, when I became a Christian. Um, you know, just stuff like, I would I remember one time we got caught doing something, and two of my mates went into the headmaster's office, one after the other, got an absolute telling off, you could hear shouting through the walls. Both got their punishments. I walk in and then I walk out having not been shouted at with no punishment because they couldn't pin me down on it and they didn't have evidence. So that's the sort of person I was um, in many ways. But now God, in that 180, has really put on my heart, just seeing people and really speaking out the truth and who they were born to be. It's something I'm so passionate about, and life is so short not to enjoy this, because it's free. Yeah, it might be hard, particularly in, in tough relationships and circumstances, and usually with family, uh, in my experience, um, even though I love them to bits, but um, we get on like a house on fire, but it's just changing culture. I don't know, family's family, um, that's just me. Um, If my brother actually says to me, "Seb, your compliments are my favourite because I know you wouldn't give me an inch unless you think I deserved it," (laughs) Um, but that's that's also something I'm quite happy about because I want to say these things with integrity. I don't want to just be like, "Oh, you look nice today. You look nice today. You look nice today." No, like, I see this in you. You really light up a room with your integrity. I really appreciate um, you listening to me. These sorts of things. You can't find your voice without getting stuck into the Bible. And I appreciate that that can be really tough at times. We can see this, well, sometimes black book and just think, man, this is like so tough. How do we get into this? Um, I'd encourage you to just chew on it. When I became a Christian, I just started going through Matthew, Romans, Revelations, freaked out of Revelations, like properly freaked out, but just got stuck in. And the more I read it, the more I got into it, the more I learned about it, and the more I met with God, most importantly, because it's not just an educational book. This is how we meet with God and know about him and understand him. Crucial. Ephesians 6 talks about the Bible, the Word of God being the sword of the Spirit in this picture of the armor of God. And it's some sort of metaphorical language and it's great. Recommend it. Read it. Uh, Who turns up to a sword fight without a sword? You're just going to be running and dodging all day. I think there's something in that. Um, And I speak to myself with all of this, by the way. Um, Yeah. So to conclude, uh, I told you a bit short one. Finding your voice I think this is God's heart for the youth group. I think it's God's heart for us, for me. I think it's God's eternal heart cry for everyone, that they find their voice, and increasingly do so. This is gonna be a lifelong process. It's not necessarily just saying more. We had a captain of boats when I was in rowing at school, um, and he barely spoke, but when Ali spoke, all of us who were just absolute reprobates and just loose cannons completely, social hand grenades, we stopped and we listened. We just listened. Because he had authority and he knew that that was his style of leading. Finding your voice is recognizing the God, the cold God already has for you and wants to put on your tongue. We just need to crack on and press into this, I think. And continue for those who maybe this has already been on your radar cool that's me done. Um, let's just um, let's just wait on the Lord for a bit let's just uh, process see what he has to say. Uh, you can bow your heads you can keep your head up you can do your thing within reason <laughs> yeah let's just um, let's just wait on him in quiet for a moment. I was thinking um, before today that maybe we would um, we would just pray for one another and just come down here and it would be sort of organized chaos as family, but just as we were praying at the prayer meeting beforehand, and as I'm talking, just, just stay connected with God. Um, that's the priority, not me. Um, there was such a sense of, and it wasn't because we were just tired, because it was Sunday morning. Uh, I was wide awake. Of God moving very gently but powerfully. And... I think just as you're sitting, just start asking, asking him the questions that are on your heart. Ask him for the ways you want to find your voice in certain situations. Even if you don't know what that looks like, he knows. We could have the band up when they're, they're ready. That would be awesome, please. Thanks. I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Father, I'm in need of this, as you know, because I've been chuntering on about this all week, um, a month. I'm in need of this just as much as anyone else in this room. And it's not a woe is me. I am, I am in need and I'm, you know, just sort of beating myself up. It's not that. It's, you know that's my heart. It's, it's more, there's so much... Life in you. There is so much you have in store for us, and that will look like such a varied and beautiful thing. Um, and God, I ask that you would move by your Spirit and really put stuff on people's heart uh, hearts from this message, Lord. Even if it's just that title of finding your voice. We thank you that you're a good God. you that you are the wonderful counselor so have your way God